0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome to church today. Let's all stand. We're going to worship the Lord. Let's celebrate his amazing grace. He's been so good to us, and he's been faithful. He's faithful to every generation, and we're just so thankful to have a chance, the freedom to worship him today. So let's just sing out when we. This is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. And you would take my place.
1: Sweet. Like sweet, sweet honey on my lips. It's like the sound of a symphony in my ears. It's like
0: Me up from the ground, love is the power where my freedom song is found. There ain't no hear that trumpet sound Take- ting- so many reasons we have to just bless your name. You're so good to us, Lord. You give us hope for the future, Lord. A hope in heaven. We just praise you and thank you for all your goodness, Lord. i
1: Good morning, church. It's great to see you guys. I am going to have you guys go ahead and just turn and greet those around you. If you guys are new with us, we want to give you guys a special welcome. Uh, Try to get to know somebody new today. Alrighty, righty, guys. Well, welcome to the Awakening Church. Here we are a people, awakening people to become fully alive in Christ and to his mission. Everything we do from a day-to-day basis or from a Sunday morning or our small groups is to continue to further our relationship with Christ. If you guys are new with us and you guys are thinking maybe like that sounds like fun, or maybe you want to know a little bit more about that? Those connect cards and your seatbacks in front of you are for that. Fill out some information about um, yourself, and we'll have somebody get in contact with you to answer any questions. It's also there for us as a congregation to be able to put prayer requests or praises about what God is doing in our lives. And so mark that there. But we'll also have our prayer area at the end of service if you guys have any immediate needs and are just wanting somebody. To pray over you, we have our Awakening Women's Bible Studies that meet weekly. Um, they meet throughout the week. If you guys have any more interest in those, you can either show up here at church um, on Tuesday or Friday, or if you have interest in the Monday one, you can just uh, put it on your Connect card, and we'll get somebody to reach out to you for those. Awakening Youth is going to start back up this Wednesday from 6:30 to 8 p.m. If you have a, a youth Bring them out for it. It's going to be a great time to be able to come together and just to be able to launch it. Um, Pastor Kerry is going to be leading it, but we will also be uh, continuing our uh, Sunday middle school group next Sunday. And so if you guys would like to be a part of that as an adult, to be able to volunteer, please mark on those connect cards. Pastor Kerry, I know, is still looking for volunteers for those, but it's going to be a good time. Pastor Kerry is really looking forward at diving deep into that with the students during this time next Sunday January 29th at 5 30 p.m. we are going to have our all church gathering you guys do not know we do these once a month and it gives us some time to just come together and to get to know each other past just a Sunday morning just a turn and greet saying hello and goodbye and getting back to some of our busy things and so next Sunday come back at five thirty p.m. we're going to be here at the church and it's also going to be a chili cook off so if you have chili that you like to make, you think you're really good at it, or even if you think you're mediocre at it, we would love to have that chili. We're going to have a contest and have uh, prizes for the best chili, so please come out for that. It's also going to be our time for our congregational meeting, and so if you guys are a member in our church, it's going to be a time to be able to just kind of hear what our plan and vision is for the year, so come out for that next Sunday at 5.30 p.m. We also have an amazing conference coming up, and it is called Plan A Conference. This is a part of a group um, called Forge Kingdom Building Ministries, and what it is about is about us being able to come together and to be able to grow, grow spiritually, grow deeper, and learning that there is only, God only has one plan for that. There is no plan B for us to be able to reach people, and so please come out for this conference. If you guys want to be able to sign up for that, we have a link for it, but also after service today, I'm going to have sign-ups where you guys can come. It's $30 a person, and it's going to be a great time to grow spiritually. This is not just something that we are doing for our church, though. We are reaching out to other churches as well. Our uh, CMA, our, our denomination, we're going to be reaching out to churches within that as well as outside of that. But it's a time for us to come together and to learn about God and to learn about God's plan for our lives, and to further his kingdom. And so I know many people here who have been through Rooted and have really grown through that. This would be another step for you guys in that process. Or even if you haven't gone through Rooted, it's going to be something that we can come together. For my life personally, this ministry has transformed it and really gave me my call to ministry. Pastor Kerry has been involved in some of it as well, but this is something that we as a church are looking to be able to actually partner with to be able to grow as well as to be able to grow our community of people and give people a heart on fire and their lives on purpose for Christ. Lastly, just like to take this time for our tithes and offerings. Easiest way to do that is to text the word AWAKENING to 77977. It's going to send you to an easy and secure Link to set up a one time or recurring giving. We'll also be passing our uh, envelope or our baskets at the end of service as well. Thank you guys.
2: Remember these 13 letters, these three words, and this one complete sentence. Jesus is better. He's better than any passing dream you might be chasing after. He's better than any worldly ambition that may have captured your devotion. He's better than anything that could distract you from doing what you were created to do. He's better than money, cars, clothes, entertainment, achievement, and popularity. He's better than anything this world can offer you. Jesus He's better. He's better than any person that has ever walked this earth. He's wiser than Gandhi and smarter than Einstein. He's more eloquent than Shakespeare and more creative than Mozart. He's more powerful than Napoleon and more compassionate than Mother Teresa. There's never been anyone like him, nor will there ever be. Not even close. Jesus is better. The Bible says he's better than Adam, better than Abraham better than Moses, David, and Mary. He's better than the angels, better than the demons, better than any prophet, priest, or saint. From beginning to end, this book has one beautiful story and one unified theme. The Bible is clear. Jesus is better. But there will be times when it's hard to believe, times when it doesn't feel like Jesus is better. The world will reject you, your flesh will fight you, and the devil will lie to you. Storms will come. You're going to face disappointment, deception, betrayal, and rejection. You're going to feel tired, empty, brokenhearted, scared, and alone. But don't forget in the darkness what you learned in the light. Jesus is better. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He's the Prince of peace and the light of the world. He's the friend of sinners and the enemy of Satan. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. He is the way and the truth and the life. Jesus. Is better, and if you really truly believe it, it's gonna cost you. You're gonna help the poor, defend the powerless, swallow your pride, and love your enemies. You're gonna study the scriptures when you'd rather scroll your phone, you're gonna pray when you'd rather sleep, you're gonna serve when you'd rather be served, and you're gonna speak up when you'd rather be silent. But when it's all said and done, you won't regret it. You'll say, It was worth it. Jesus is better. I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ. In other words, Jesus is better. Thirteen letters, three words, one sentence, and no question about it. Jesus is better.
3: One day, he saw the crowds gathering. Jesus went up on the mountainside and sat down. His disciples gathered around him. He began to teach them. God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you and say all kinds of evil things against you because you are my followers and be happy about it and be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven and remember the ancient prophets were persecuted the same way. You are the salt of of the earth. But what good is salt if it is lost its saltiness and its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It would be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light and your good deeds shine out before others to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses, or the writings of the prophet. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose is achieved. So if you ignore the least commandment and teach others to do the same, you will be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone, anyone who obeys, God's law and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, if you are even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot or a fool, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in the danger of the fires of hell. So, if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar, in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there on the altar and go and be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifices to God. When you are on your way to court with your adversary, settle your differences quickly. Otherwise, your accuser may hand you over to the judge who will hand you over to the officer and you will be thrown into prison. And if that happens, you surely won't be free again until you have paid the last penny. You have heard the commandment that says, you must not commit adultery. But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her and his, his heart. So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out. And throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your strong hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. You've heard that the law says a man can divorce his wife by merely giving her a written notice of divorce. But I say that a man who divorces his wife, unless she has been unfaithful, causes her to commit adultery, and anyone who marries a divorced woman also commits adultery. You have also heard that our ancestors were told, you must not break your vows. You must carry out the vows you make to the Lord. But I say to you, do not make any vows. Do not say by heaven, because heaven is God's throne. And do not say by the earth, because the earth is his footstool. And do not say by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is the city of the great king. And do not say by my head, for you can't turn one hair white or black. Just say a simple Yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. You have heard that the law that says the punishment must match the injury, right? An eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, turn the other cheek also. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken from you, give your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask, and do not turn away from those who want to borrow. And you have heard it say, love your neighbor and hate your enemy." But I say, love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. He gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. He sends rain on just the just and the unjust alike. If you only love those who love you, what reward is there for you in that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to the poor, to your friends, how are you different from anyone else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Watch out. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do it as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets and in the synagogue and streets to call attention to their actions of charity. I tell you the truth. They have received all the reward that they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father, who sees everyone, will reward you. And when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on the street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward that they will ever get. But when you pray, Go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. And when you pray, don't babble on and on and on like the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again and again. Don't be like that. For your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food, the daily bread we need. And forgive our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive, your heavenly Father will not forgive your sins. And when you fast, (laughs) don't make it obvious, as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. But when you fast, comb your hair and wash your face, then no one will notice that you are fasting except your Father, who knows what you do in private. And your Father who sees everything will reward you. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them, and where thieves break in and steal. Rather, store your treasures in heaven where moths and thief and rust do not destroy. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also your eye it's like the lamp that provides light for your whole body when your eye is healthy your whole body is filled with light but when your eye is unhealthy your whole body is filled with darkness and if the light you think you have is actually darkness then how deep is that darkness. You know, no one can serve two masters, for you will hate the one and love the other. You will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for the wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Everything that you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Do not judge others. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged, for you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friends, hey, let me help you get that little speck out of your eyes when you can't see past the log that's in your own eye? Hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye, then you'll be able to see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. And don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to the pigs, they will trample the pearls and then turn and attack you. Keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds, and those who knock, the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask for a loaf of bread, do you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So it is for sinful people if they know how to give good gifts to their children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. You can enter God's kingdom only through a narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for many who choose that way. But the gateway to life is very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few ever find it. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but they're really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit. That is, by the way that they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name and we cast out demons in your name and performed many miracles in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Anyone who listens to my teaching and follows it, is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock. Though the rains come and torrents and the floodwaters rise, the winds beat against the house, it won't collapse because it is built on bedrock. But if anyone hears my teaching and doesn't obey it, it is foolishness. Like a person who builds a house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Amen. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching. For he taught with real authority, quite unlike their teachers' religious law. That's something I've never done before. I preach from a manuscript. You know what a manuscript is? It's written out. Some preachers, that's what they do. Word for word, they write their manuscript, they stand up and they preach it. That's just never been me. But if you're going to preach from a manuscript, preaching from the manuscript that Jesus preached probably isn't a bad idea. I'm going to turn this into a little bit of a classroom here today. I want to know what your thoughts are when you heard those words that Jesus preached to what we refer today to as the Sermon on the Mount. Imagine yourself seated there along the Sea of Galilee. The water projecting his voice out onto the hill. This new rabbi on the scene and he stands up and speaks like that what would be your comments i'm gonna ask pastor trey and pastor zach to grab mics and i'm just gonna have you give comment and you can give any comment i mean some of you you're really good at commenting on social media right somebody posts a picture or some saying or or you know some event in your life and and you type back and here's my comment and sometimes it's like a, you know, a good comment or you put thumbs up or a happy heart and then you say something. You ever got in any of those uh, social media forums where they're talking about religion? Ooh, that was a little scary. You get comments coming from everywhere. The social media interactive environment, I guess, is a modern-day crowd. If the Sermon on the Mount was posted... On Facebook or Instagram, what would the comments be? How did you feel? And so, if you have a moment, just take it. We're just just us. Different kind of day. Truly different kind of day. Something strike you? Something offend you? Something that was just interesting when you heard the words of Jesus? You see, the Sermon on the Bound was a sermon and it was preached by the most intelligent man that's ever lived. We don't think of that. Life is better with Jesus. It's better with Jesus and what he brought to talk about the kingdom of God a lot of times, people will say, "Well, the sermon or other kinds of the New Testament—it's sort of like a bird building a nest. You get a, a straw here and a feather there, and a, you know, a, a speck of trash here, and you know, some—and it sort of builds the nest." No, no, he preached that straight through, just like you heard it. I preached other parts of it at different times, and maybe circled back around to it. He was an itinerant speaker, but you just heard the sermon on the mount. We're going to be spending a few weeks tearing apart some of the Sermon on the Mount, but it's harmful for us to to take a piece here and a piece there and a piece there, and, and oh, look at this and look at that. We'll look at it, but you've got to take it in the context of what was the overall feeling of this message given to a religious people by a new rabbi. What would your comments be? Maybe you have some, maybe not. The floor is yours. Raise your hand, stand up, say your name. What strikes you when you hear this preaching of Jesus?
4: Hi, I'm Sue Hall, and I heard the truth and the way Jesus wants me to live.
3: Okay. Nice comment. Send that along with the social media thing.
5: Good morning, I'm Lynn. Wow, two thumbs up. <laughs> um, I love how it starts with For verily I say to you, till heaven and earth pass, one jot or one tittle shall in no way pass from the law till all be fulfilled. Because of these things, whoever shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do And teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. He's given us everything we need in this sermon for godly living.
3: Thank you, Len. A specific word that the Holy Spirit used from the words of Jesus.
1: I lived my whole life thinking this is the way I'm supposed to live. This is the right way. There's no other way. I'm following all the rules. I'm obeying all the commands, and here's this guy telling me otherwise. Mm. It's so different. This guy's crazy. I don't know what he's talking about, and it's shaking the very foundation that my house was built on.
3: That's good, Mark. Circle back around on that. That's good.
6: Um, My thought was, when I heard all that, was extremely sobering, and how could anyone ever live up to all that?
7: Yeah. Overwhelming. Thank you, Pastor. Well, that is the greatest sermon ever given,
3: and that's Jesus himself preaching the kingdom. That's what he came to do, preach the kingdom. And what he's doing is creating a new humanity. Thank you, Kevin. That's right. He was changing the course of modern history. Any other thoughts, comments, posts?
8: Hey guys, my name is Chris. Um, I love right in the beginning in 514 where he says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor did people light a lamp and put it under a basket but on a stand. And it gives light in all the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. And uh, having three young kids, like we sing, you know, this little light of mine, right? And mm-hmm. in this verse, not only was giving these people an identity, these people that are in exile running from, you know, mm-hmm. persecution, you, you are the light of the world, but in the same paragraph he gives them purpose and i think that's huge for these people that I, this isn't my home i don't know who i am i don't know what i'm supposed to do and here jesus says you are a light like do things that glorify me and i think we can take the same you know if, if we're just kind of meandering in between jobs or in between houses or don't really appreciate the situation that we're in we can just go back to the little children's song and say i'm a light i i have light i have purpose all i need to do is just do things that give glory to
3: god Thank you, Chris. Yeah, I don't know if you identify with that old time. Hide it under a bushel No, I don't know if we do that in children's ministry or not. But... Hello, Pastor Kerry. My name is Frank. I think if I'm sitting there in the audience thousands of years ago, and he's talking about how I pray, I'm offended. My, who are you to tell me I can't pray in public? Who, do you, who are you to tell me that I can't pray in a way that other people can see how well I pray so that they know how holy I am? And then when I fast forward to who I am today, I'm still confused because I think the most powerful thing that I see is people praying over other people. I used to tell the kids in, in kids' church that when you see a child praying for you, over you, my eyes tear up. So I, I, I'm confused when don't pray in public. I get that it's for the wrong reasons or whatever, but that's yeah. a powerful thing is watching somebody Pray over somebody else. So I, I'm confused. Thank you, Frank. There is a frightful reason to be confused with some of the things that he just preached and even be offended.
1: Hi, I'm Joey, and uh, um, what he preached has helped me better, may, has making me a better Christian. So thank you.
3: <laughs> thank you, Joey. And that's the goal. That was Jesus's goal.
1: Hi, I'm Randall, and um, I just see this as a beacon of of truth. Uh, really, just so many questions out in the world of what's going on, and you know what the world's going crazy, and you know what's right, what's wrong. You know, so many different opinions, and I, I just continue to come back to this sermon as truth. You know, what, wh- where is your uh, house built, and what's true mm-hmm. and what's not, what's right, what's wrong, and you know, without this that work, you know, I see people just asking all these questions and I know where to find the answers and it's it's this sermon. And so it's something to meditate on and and it's just so clear and concise to me, uh, the more you read it. So Thank you, Randall.
0: I don't really want to talk, but I've got to say this. My kids are going through course. I'm heartbroken to hear that. So they're going to, what, go on to commit adultery? They remarry? My son and daughter-in-law.
3: Yeah. Like I said, there's confusion. There's offense taken. What is he really saying by that? Whether it's the subject of anger in our hearts or lustful thoughts or the adultery thing, Yeah.
5: Hi, Anyone hi. else? Oh, sorry. There we are. <laughs> I'm Jess. Um this may not be according to your prompt or anything, but I looked at um at, I opened my Bible and I looked at the red letters as a whole and I the thing that hit me the most was sorry, I don't mean to cry. <laughs> um, but I love the man who spoke these words. And there's nothing more precious. Then the words that come out of his mouth, and I can see him looking at this crowd with tenderness, compassion, and, and while he's saying things that are hard and and um, may sound hard to swallow, um, that he, he's saying them from a place of love mm-hmm. and utter love. And I look at these red letters as a love letter, as if I was back in high school <laughs> writing to my boyfriend or. Clinging to the words that he wrote me, and and, and just feeling so um, wrapped up mm. by the things that he was saying, and I can see just that, even though it is there's like criticism and there is um, hard truth, but he is um, just so kind, and mm. I love the, the man who spoke them. Um, you know.
3: Thanks, Jeff. And there started to be divides in the crowd of those who were offended and bothered or not wanting to go his way, and those who were called "endeared to him for speaking truth, even if it's tough. you know I am Dean. One thing that struck me was just wanting to continue to say amen in that sermon. One thing that struck me was talking about salt. We're to be the salt mm. for the world. Salt is a seasoning. Salt brings flavor to food. And salt is also a preservative. So not only do, are we supposed to be salt to an unsaved world, we're supposed to bring flavor, we're supposed to bring seasoning to. It. But then as a preservative, we're also to preserve our faith in who we are as a people in Christ. Very good. Thanks, Dean.
8: Hi, I'm Greg. Who is this? Fox like has authority.
7: Hmm.
3: Who is this guy? That's awful pull to him. and a position does he think he has? There's much more religious kinds of people around here than this carpenter from Galilee. Yeah One or two more, if they're out there. Just any comment that just strikes you when you hear these words
4: preached. Hi, I'm Gail. Um... I just really loved it when I heard how, again, how he tells us how we're supposed to pray. I've, you know, raised, reciting the Our Father. But the way that it was presented in your text version, of your Bible, it was—it just really struck me because it, I've been really struggling, and my, not struggling, but I've been concentrating a lot on how to pray and hearing the words the way that it was written, seems to me so wonderful that he actually tells us how to pray. Yeah. And we don't have to pray the exact words of Our Father the way we learned it, but we can expound on the prayer of the meaning of everything that he told us to pray in the Our Father. Um, you know, I, I struggle because I pray the same things over and over, and I wonder, is that good for repetition all the time? And then in the last week, it was impressed on me how we are to pray and give our needs to him, but then thank him in advance and on faith that we know that he's going to answer our prayers. And that's really helped me a lot, too.
3: Thank you, Gail. And that prayer has been repeated a lot.
6: <laughs> Hi, I'm Becky. Um, I think, for me, I can certainly relate to a lot of the comments. Who are you? They would have thought that. I Quite a few of would have way back in that day. But that, that point over there about the love letter. I mean, God mm. knew when he was saying it. Jesus knew he was saying, that in fact, whoa, (laughs) that in fact, he wasn't just telling those that were standing around him, he was saying it for us today. And so for me, it was very, very humbling, because I like Mm -hmm. to think that I'm a a good person. I'm Mm -hmm. a great Christian. My heart is in the right place. And so I hear these words in the sermon, and I'm like, wait a second, I got to pray for those that persecute. That one totally slipped my mind. Um and, and others, of course, but I mean, that, that's a fresh reminder that it's a lot. It's a lot to be like Jesus, but that's what we're called to do.
3: There was a lot in that message for us to work on,
7: right? Good morning. I'm Sandra.
3: Hi, Sandra.
7: I have studied arts. You know, in isolation of that of what you read this morning over the years, and I'm an English teacher, and as an English teacher, we're trained to read really closely and take it apart. And, mm. You know, sometimes read between the lines, um, and it's okay to do that. But what I, what struck with me this morning was we need to be careful about taking things out of context because we miss the mm. big. And so, what I heard today was the. The big picture, the entire message, and what I got out of it is really a message on how we should live. Mm. It's not just each individual component that he brought up, but it's the roadmap for living, essentially, the, the guidebook. And although the entire Bible is our guidebook for living, I do believe that this particular message, how you read it, for me anyway, the way I received it was, wow, this is, this is how to live. Thank you, Sandra.
3: So good. Anyone else? One last. Here we're here. Are we good? Are we good? Do you think Jesus opened it up for Q&A at the end? Hey, we're all here on this mountainside. What do you think? We live in a culture that's all about everybody's opinion. What do you think? What, you don't, agree, don't agree. I don't agree. And, and that's fine. But when you have the God of the universe incarnate in the flesh as we know appear to walk among us and he preached I don't think it was open for debate. But this is what's the challenge of the words that you just heard from the Sermon on the Mount. What fully is he trying to say? So I want to invite you to do something I want you to come back each Sunday for these few weeks ahead. There's a lot to unpack in the particulars, but I appreciate the word because the most important thing is to read it in context, in the whole, and let that roll over you. And understand that what Jesus was seeking to do was tell them that there's a better way. There's a better way than the life that's being forced and pushed upon you and I every week. And we're going to pick that up with what's called the Beatitudes, the Blesseds next week. But in these weeks, I want you not to be a student of me. I want you to be a student of your Lord and Savior, Jesus. Because he gave this message out of compassion for a people that were beat down, that were under legalism, that were in political systems that were crushing That was, we're in a culture that was amiss of trying to find what true life was. And embedded in the Sermon on the Mount of Jesus' teachings, he's bringing a new way. Jesus is better because Jesus is the King of Kings and Jesus is talking about the Kingdom of God. And how we enter the kingdom of God. And when it references the kingdom of God, or Matthew is referring to the kingdom of heaven because they didn't like to use the word God because it was so holy. He wasn't talking about what happens after you die. Oh, that's part of it. But he was talking about the kingdom of heaven that was at hand. And how we live in that kingdom. Because you're being pressed into the kingdom of the world, and if I could say this, the kingdom of the devil himself. And you need to be wise. Otherwise, your life will be crushed, your friend's life, your family's life. Jesus was not about crushing them. If you listen to it a certain way, you'd say, he's pretty tough, he's a mean guy. You thought Moses was bad in the Ten Commandments? Well, here, let me lay these on you. No, that's not what he was doing. But neither was he abolishing the law and the prophets. I'm here to fulfill it, but we need to see it through with a different kinds of lens and understand what the kingdom of heaven at hand is now that you can be living in every day 24-7. So will you come back? And will you do me a second thing, this whole thing of being salty? There are some people that are being crushed in your life that need to understand the liberating truth and the power of the kingdom of heaven message and that Jesus is better. Pray about it. Take the risk. Invite them. When we get to Plan A Conference, we're going to be talking about how you really are God's means for reaching those people. So let's start putting that into practice now and open our eyes i going to ask the band to come up and we're going to close. And as we close, um, there are altars here. If you want to pray here, maybe there's a person that you want to just bring before the Lord. Maybe there's an issue in your life that that message of Jesus spoke to you about and you just want to lay it at the altar. You can also come up to a prayer area over here on the right and someone will be glad to pray with you, if you have a particular need. But They're going to close with this song concerning Yes, I Can. And I'm mindful that we live in a broken world that's listening day in and day out, 24-7 news, whatever it may be, of a way that's crushing, that's not liberating. And even in churches, we as Christians and evangelicals, we end up going by the way of trying to keep up with the culture and to fit in and be liked you don't listen to those words of Jesus and think he's accommodating culture at all. So that's not the way. But if you have a prayer concern in your own life or a prayer for someone else, come. And I want you to come back and not only come back, but I want you to encourage in your own personal life to encourage devotion. Take, Take the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5 through 7. What I spoke one from was the New Living Translation. Just to give it a little bit different angle and kick, but take time and use the Sermon on the Mount in your personal devotions. And if you'd like to be a part of a life group, a small group maybe that could interact on this, take your connect card out on the back and say I want to be in a life group we're, we're sort of getting some fresh life group kind of things started and some of the established groups are looking at doing some different studies and things but it will all reflect some from what we're happening on Sunday but let, let's make it more than just the Sunday only experience okay in your own personal life in group life get involved in groups I, uh, Zach mentioned we're starting up youth ministry this week again took a break for a month Some changing in leadership there. We're seeking for the Lord to bring us a new leader in youth ministry, but we don't have time to let a week go by. Grades 6 through 12. There's some other student volunteers. If you'd like to be a student volunteer, come talk to me. But I figured I can sit down with students, and we can have a time of interacting maybe on the words of Jesus. In fact, I I think I'd like to call Wednesday night at 630 for the next few weeks, PB&J pizza bible on jesus pizza's better than peanut butter and jelly pb and j nights on wednesday i need some youth workers transition a lot pastor john and sue you briefly met last week or knocking it down with children's ministry and some of those changes but friends we need our students and our young people to know what jesus was talking about because they're being enticed by the world in some crushing ways they're changing, even ruining their lives, but Jesus has His word. In your seats is something we did last week. If you weren't here, we talked about church life. Jesus, if you notice, He wasn't talking about church life. Church is part of the life that He was talking about. And if you'd like to be a participating member of this church and show up next week for chili, you don't have to. Be a member to show up for Chili. Just bring Chili Young.